thank you for joining us for another episode of That Solo Life, the podcast for PR pros and marketers who work for themselves, people like me. I am Michelle Kane. My company is Voice Matters, and I am here as ever with the wonderful Karen Swim of Solo PR Pro. How are you today, Karen? I am doing great, Michelle. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Post, um, we're climbing out of the pandemic. Event season has come charging back, and I'm just trying not to get stampeded by it all. So it's all good. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I'm stuck halfway between what was and what is to be. And the craziness of summer and, you know, slow, quiet season where you get to pick up some new skills and do a few things and check stuff off the list. And I'm still having to do all those things amidst, you know, the busyness as everyone is. So it's definitely a different summer. (laughs) It it sure is. Yeah. And it's funny. I was thinking of that this morning of, you know, as you know, sometimes you just dive in on autopilot on whatever the work is. And I thought, no, this has been a season of choosing how I'm going to respond and, and, and a time to maybe set some new, I don't even know what I would call it, not parameters, but just to, to, to make sure that, that things are still working the way they should, you know? So, but of course that's not our topic, but we do, we are off from time to time. Today we're here to talk about good clients, bad behavior. (laughs) (laughs) We, we, we've all had those situations where, oh my goodness, you know, you, you've heard the stories, you get clients at 3am over things that really aren't. Uh, warranting that or gosh I hope no one's getting texts at 3 a.m. for anything but you know this came up in our solo PR pro uh, private Facebook group and we thought let's let's talk about this a bit on the podcast yeah it's it's really interesting because we can sometimes mistakenly label a good client a bad client but they're really just clients that can be turned around to be a great client. They can go from good to great with just a little bit of communication and coaching. And so some of the problem behaviors that, you know, we identify and, and please, um, if you are a company listening to this, we are not meaning to be disparaging to companies. Um, This is just, and as a business, you will completely understand this as well. And these are some things that you can apply to your own customer base. So when clients maybe take up um, unnecessary time where there's wasted time, because as professionals, we always want to optimize our resources, and that includes our time and the client's use of our time. So it could be clients that are checking in way too frequently. Maybe they're just really nervous about you know, a PR program, maybe they've never embarked on a PR program before, maybe their excitement, and they're just a little overzealous. And so they're asking for constant updates. That can become a problem behavior, because it's taking you away from doing the actual work and from servicing your portfolio of clients. And so, you know, those people that are maybe, you know, sending you text messages and Slack messages and emails, you know, and you're getting just a lot of incoming and a lot of questions that take away from you doing the job. So that that could be an example yeah. of something that really can become problematic because it can drain your resources. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that they're a bad client. Right. I would say that even clients who perhaps don't are paying your bills slowly, mm. a lot of times 
this place to start is by, and, and I try to do this at the start of engagement, ask about their billing processes so that you're clear on how they process invoices. Does someone else need to be added into your invoice? So maybe there is an, a, pers- a specific contact in their accounting department. Maybe they outsource their accounting to a person. Get all of that understanding. Do they have certain days of the month that they process invoices? And that way, you don't have this miscommunication or frustration when, you've, when you're sending invoices and they're taking longer than you expect it to get paid. And so, yes, slow-paying clients can be a, a problem. Now, a client that is not paying you for you know a month and they're late and it's consistent, that is a problem. And that could be a bad client. Sometimes that means that they're having financial issues. But you need to, yeah. the way to determine all of these things is by identifying what the exact problem is and having a conversation, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and I think it even, it even speaks to, and sometimes we don't think of this, we're just so excited to start working, but to really create a process at onboarding to address all of these things. And it, you know, it's it's not going to be one size fits all necessarily as far as check-ins and contacts, but, um, you know, two main themes as I was thinking about this episode are, you know, communication, laying the groundwork and managing expectations. So, you know, meet with the client, say, hey, great, thanks for signing this letter of agreement. You know, we're during our kickoff meeting, we're going to talk about, so, you know, with this project, you're going to need weekly updates or with this project, you know, it'll be just a monthly activities report. You know, we'll check in along the way if there's anything we need. Um, you know, we'll send you, I don't, I'm just thinking again, because I'm, I'm in event mode, you know, we'll send you photos from the event, you know, after they happen, blah, 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 you know, in the moments you can see, oh, here's the booth, it's all set up, it looks great, Um, that kind of thing, because then they know what to expect, and then they can hopefully rest a little easy, and, you know, if it's a brand new client, you're always going to have you know, some back and forth or until they really get to know you. I mean, they, they've trusted you enough to hand this work to you, but they still don't know if you're going to deliver, right? So, so you, know, you can expect a little bit of that. And, and I think that's, that's really? key. And, and I'm sure there's, there's a ton of resources at solopropro.com that can help you on that way as well. I love that you mentioned onboarding because I personally counsel this, but I also do this. So I start to communicate about those things in the discussions before we even get to a contract. So in our proposals, we will include like, here's how we, you know, here's how many meetings we do. And we always tell clients that we try to keep meetings to a minimum to optimize their budget. And that's true. We don't meet weekly with clients. We typically do them bi-monthly, but your schedule may be a little bit different and we keep our meetings to half an hour. Um, that doesn't mean that there won't ever be the need for an additional meeting, you know, if we have something going on and we need to get together to talk about that. But we sort of set that expectation up the front, like don't expect to meet with us every week for an hour. That's not what we do. That's fine because we've communicated that. We've already started to talk about that even before we codify everything that we discuss in a proposal. So everybody knows what page we're on. We continue to reinforce all of that. And then 
we use an onboarding document, a welcome document where we welcome the client. We have all of our contact information. We list our hours and we let them Uh know again, like here's when we're available. Obviously, if there's a big emergency and we define what emergency is, you can reach us this way after hours. But we really don't get clients that are contacting us on the weekends or we're expecting responses to emails in the middle of the night. They may send emails. Some clients do that, mm-hmm. but they don't expect us to respond to the next day because they're just working when they're working. Right. So I think it is important to not only say it, but to document it. And if you're a solo PR pro premium member, then there are onboarding documents and example booklets in the pro premium group. But for all of you, it's easy enough to create your own document. It doesn't have to be this designed piece that's super fancy. If you have those skill sets or have someone on your team, that's great. But if not, it can be a simple Word document or a Google document that just outlines the basics so that your client has that. And in your kickoff meeting, you want to discuss that. The other thing that I try to cover to avoid, you know, the communication breakdown is to also say, what's your preferred method of communication? Huge. That's huge. The client so that you guys can have a discussion. If they love Slack and you hate it, you can say, you know, would you be open to this? Because our team tries not to use Slack because it tends to be a lot of inbound communication. What if we do this? Or if you're comfortable with Slack, Say, great, that totally works for us to keep things out of the inbox. Agree on how you'll use it. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that that really helps to establish not only, you know, how frequently you'll communicate, but by what channel. And that's really important because you want to empower your client and you want to let them know that you're servicing them. And so working through all of those little details early on will make things a lot smoother. This by no means means that you will never, ever have a problem or a challenge. Right. But what I find that is difficult for so many people is that we solos like to fix things. We like to make everything okay. <laughs> and sometimes we take the burden on without bringing our client into that. If there's a problem, you need to address it immediately. Have a conversation. It's, you know, it's it's not, it's okay. You're, you know, you're a business. And if your business has an issue, like maybe a client that's constantly like checking in every five minutes, you can say, Hey, listen, you know, I love that you're so enthusiastic about the program, but you know, I want to make sure that we are properly utilizing your resources. So tell us what we can do so that you're comfortable with the progress that's being made and you feel a part of it without, you know, all of the emails. I mean, you can always be tactful and you, but, but address the issue and address it early on because even if your client is unhappy with something, and I've had this happen where, you know, a client just flat out was like unhappy about something. And it was because we just had a different understanding. So we talked about it, got over it. And guess what? Years later, we're still friends and clients. And so don't be afraid to make the correction or to stand up for your business. It doesn't always have to be conflict. It's just communication. That's a part of communication. Yeah. Two things. I love, I love the, well, I loved everything you said, but just the fact that you include part of this in your proposal stage. I love that. 
yeah. that way, you know, it, it helps them to know what's coming. And it also helps us to remain accountable to ourselves. Because I think sometimes, you know, even though we are our own business, sometimes you can slip into that, I don't want to say employer-employee dynamic, but just because, you know, well, I might not have the building and the office park and this, that, or the other. You might think that you're not on equal footing, but you are. You are every bit a business. Do you have an EIN number? Then yes, you are every bit <laughs> the same as your client as far as being a fellow business owner. But I, I just love setting the stage early. And I think in a way that may help them see you as more f- formidable is not the quite word, but you know, it's like, yeah, okay, I might have a home office, but yeah, I'm a this is, this is how we're operating. We're peers. Absolutely. You know? I mean, I am a big fan of structure and systems mm-hmm. and I'm not perfect either. There are things this week I've spent a lot of time because there were things that I had neglected to create a system for, but I promise you just taking a little bit of time to add some structure will, it will help you to appear more professional, but it also, as Michelle said, it will help you to hold yourself accountable. And again, we, we've said this a million times, but if you ever need help in your business, even for a small period of time, having a system and having an infrastructure makes it a lot easier to share the workload. You're not trying to piece it together and tell somebody else what to do. It already exists. And, and for clients, as Michelle said, it is another validation of why they hired you. So don't be afraid to have your stuff together and communicate it and sort of take control of running this account from day one, which is really your job. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, and there are some situations where you can lay all the groundwork Mm -hmm. in the world and there are just going to be times when it just doesn't work. You know, and these are these are rare, but they've happened. They've happened. And that's why we want to tell you, okay, you know, we'll preface it with, yeah, if you have to pay the bills, if you have to suck it up, we get it. But you created your own business to give yourself the freedom to walk away if need be. Just because you picked something up doesn't mean you have to carry it to the finish line. And oh, I uh, love that. <laughs> I love that. And but yeah. you know, don't automatically jump to the conclusion that you have, you know, our phrase in, in, you know, our insight baseball phrase is, you know, replace the business. Right. That's always true. Sometimes the thorniest of situations that look like, oh my God, this, Mm -hmm. this is going to be a nightmare. It's not going to work. This client's not a cultural fit for me, whatever it is. And you think, oh my God, I've got to look for another client can actually be turned around. And I have to tell you, there's something super satisfying about taking a a really good client at the core and turning it around into a really great client. And again, it's all about communication. And Mm -hmm. and there are, you know, again, these different little issues that can become, you know, really bothersome and they can grow if you neglect them. But if you catch them early on and you do some coaching and some discussion, and it may take a little bit of time, but if you have a client that's in an industry that you love, at the core, you really enjoy working with the the client and your client contacts. To me, that's reason enough to at least make the effort to sustain that business and to make sure that it's working for both of you. Don't be afraid to have those hard discussions. No one is going to be angry at you. You know, 
for you people that are, you know, employed, maybe you are a one man PR department. The other thing is you, you should be equally empowered if you are employed by someone else, because yeah. you are responsible for creating an environment that allows you to do your best work. If you don't have that environment that cultivates your success, it's going to show up in your results. And that's terrible. So even if you're employed, obviously you want to set the stage so that you can do your best work because you want to grow your career. You want to be respected by your employer, by your peers, by your, you know, your customers. And so it's worthwhile to fight for that. And as a solo, this is your business, your reputation. And so you need to make sure that you are putting in every component that's going to allow you to succeed. And and that includes managing client behaviors. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I think it's it's really important to keep those communication lines open because that is key to everything. And yeah, I mean, there could be misunderstandings anywhere, right? Tone of an email or you missed a text or, you know, and I'm not saying these are mistakes. It's just, you know, sometimes stuff happens. And a lot of times it can just be, you're still getting to know how the other person works. You know, I, you know, I, it's interesting when I, one of my first jobs, I'll never forget what, what the person who hired me said to me, you know, give yourself six months. Like you're, you're not going to know everything in the first three weeks. It's just impossible because it's a, even though you are your own company and you're working for yourself, you are entering a new culture. I mean, that's kind of what makes doing this fun is that we get to experience different companies' cultures um, and, you know, don't have to always stick around, but we get to have the fun of experiencing it. So, you know, give yourself time. And and also because you're not in there every day as an employee, it may take a little longer, you know, and I'm not talking about necessarily the work, but just getting to know, okay, this is the ebb and flow. And oh, that person, yeah, that person's going to, you know, seem like they're excited about this, but we really know that's just their way of dealing with their own insecurity about getting something done. And they're, they're fine with the weekly check-in. So, you know, and, and I'm sure hopefully many of you are nodding your heads up like, oh yeah, we know, we know how this goes. But so we just want to encourage you to, to roll with that and know that there, there's always, there are always avenues to um, help make something, something work for everyone. I completely agree. And mm-hmm. and before we sign off for the day, I just yeah. want to also remind you solos out there that there is another way to deal with all of this. And that's by not doing it alone. So if you're not yeah. already a solo PR pro premium, you want to head over to soloprpro.com um, backslash join and you want to do it quickly um, because we are actually, for the live stream viewers, we will be temporarily shutting down our membership on actually tomorrow, July 15th (laughs) for a period of time. If you miss that window and you are listening um, to our podcast, to our regular podcast on the Monday following the 15th, 
And you just cannot wait until we reopen in the fall. You can drop me an email and I might be able to let you in. But for the rest of you, you can also, you know, go to soloprpro.com, sign up for our newsletter, and you will get notification, early notification of the reopening. But you'll still get resources and the benefit of our community, our premium members. This is exactly the kind of discussions that we have in our private Facebook group. And mm-hmm. it sometimes helps, like we know the right thing to do, but maybe we need to just you know, do a gut check on, you know, where our thinking is, or maybe we need some language. Sometimes you're just in a moment and you're like, oh, okay, (laughs) what would you say in the situation? So you get ideas about how to approach it and you don't have to do this stuff by yourself. So I would encourage you to become a solo PR pro premium member if you're not, because it's well worth the membership just to have these fabulous people that you can turn to. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The membership is so worth it, you know, for the group alone, not to mention all the resources. So if you've been thinking about it, I suggest, well, if you're watching the live stream, get in on it now or up your email game to persuade Karen if you're listening to this on Monday. (laughs) But the wait won't be too long and it'll be worth the wait. So until next time, we thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time on That's All Life. Mm